0: Okay, Dan, do you want to introduce the fifth of six yes,
1: movies? I do, because uh, this was one that, that wasn't on our initial list of movies to cover, but I lobbied for adding it, and I got uh, my wife, your sister, to back me up on it, <laughs> because you didn't feel like... This didn't c- pop into your mind, as I recall, as quintessential Mm. 90s when i mentioned it but Mm. for both michelle and i who are a few years older than you we both very much so were like the 90s weren't the same without this movie and on a rewatch i Mm. still feel that way So the next movie is Friday, uh, which came out April 26th, 1995, stars Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, and then has supporting appearances with a host of other people, including Tiny Lister, Regina King, Neil Long, John Witherspoon. And I never realized it until this watch through. But there's one scene where there's an extra in the background when they're playing craps uh, in a driveway and that extra is michael clark duncan <laughs> before she no was michael wow. clark duncan yes yes if you if you like google it you can get the frame to come up he's in the background playing craps when uh tiny knocks the guy out
0: <laughs> Wow.
1: yeah yeah it's bizarre so friday so why is this movie on my list because This movie came out in 1995. I was 13. I would have been in middle school, probably, what, I think sixth or seventh grade when this came out. Sixth grade, maybe. A substantial portion of the guys at my school, I think, wanted to be Chris Tucker. Like, this was like, this resonated with my class of an entire school of suburban white teens, who like in their head were kind of glorifying west coast rap not even so much nwa but the guys that came out of nwa dr dre and ice cube and and then you know the whole death row records thing and and snoop dog and warren g and the dog pound and all those guys they were like my 90s experience is everybody wishing they were that cool Right. Like they were on a pedestal, all those guys. And I don't know if it was the same way at the other middle school in our hometown, the one that you went to, but in mine, everyone wanted to be a cool black rapper from Compton. (laughs) I could see <laughs> or at least uh, you were either a metalhead stoner or you wanted to emulate Ice Cube. <laughs> right, and it was it's a bizarre thing that like came and went, but to me my middle school experience entirely revolves around everybody in my class being infatuated with self central LA rap culture to the extent so- that I think like it drove my dad nuts. <laughs> I mean uh, like this was uh, the generation gap at at work was this was Friday and our infatuation with Friday and everyone running around the school imitating Chris Tucker in Friday
0: (laughs) the two middle schools you're talking about the Mm -hmm. the one that you went to and the one that me and my sister went to Mm -hmm. and you might agree with this you might not let's just say our middle school I don't know that it would have it would not shock me if it was not as much of a thing when this movie it wouldn't
1: shock me either that's what because I and my my only real experience with your middle school is once we got to high school and the two came together, that was my first exposure to most of those kids. They seemed right. much more country, not want, not trying to emulate black culture as compared to mine, which was kind of West Lansing almost, where like that was, you were like I said, you were either a stoner metalhead or you mm. were trying to emulate urban Gangsta black rap, culture so, and yeah. like gangster rap because like I had jinkos, right? I had jinkos that I wore too low and T-shirts that were too big, right? Like, like, and I was not even an extreme version. I was, you know, too shy to go all in, but everybody I can think of in in my grade, that's all they listened to. They all were sagging their jeans, trying to look like they were right out of Compton, stuff like (laughs) that. Like it it was bizarre looking back, but like- they somehow that entire universe tapped into something in suburban white culture that like white kids wanted to emulate it. it it's weird. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe to an extent, everybody's always wanted to be cool. You know, thought of something as cooler that was completely different from their own experience. I, I don't know. Right. There's probably, oh, yeah. it's, there's it's probably like the all kinds of sociological. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's probably all kinds of, you know, sociological type stuff that people who are much smarter than me on the subject could get into. But yeah, I, I anyway, I I, I couldn't not include Friday in talking about like movies that to me this is one that both shaped and reflects everything that was nineteen ninety five to me.
0: Like is it like do you really think like it fits that archetype or whatever of like a 90s movie cuz like to me in watching Friday and i loved don't get me wrong like i actually loved friday when i was a kid like even though i was probably too young to be watching it and it was like i i had a friend that went to a school that was in your middle schools district area and mm-hmm. so like he introduced me to it and mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it but like this could have taken place like in the 2000s it could have been mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. i mean like there's not much for like super 90s looking things to me like it, it looks see, it,
1: see to to me like that's funny it's funny you say that because to me everything about this screams mid 90s and i think again it was because of my and everyone i knew's infatuation with south central la and that mm-hmm. culture at the time when chris tucker the way he says, damn, you know, damn, mm. and I don't give a fuck and stuff like that. Like, everybody talked that way for two years <laughs> when I was in middle school. Uh, and 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 I feel like even more so than that culture in general, I feel like one of the things that that made everybody want to emulate that so much was unlike Boys in the Hood, which was very heavy, very dramatic, you know, right. very violent and stuff. This was like it was a survivable and strangely almost relatable version of the hood. Like even white suburban kids can kind of relate with just sitting around goofing off with your buddy all day long in the summer with nothing to do, right? That in and of right. itself. But then you pluck that up and put it into South Central LA. And I actually, after I watched it, I watched the, the little making of featurette that they had that was like mm-hmm. reflecting back on it years later. And a couple of the people mentioned it was like the first black stoner movie. And I had never really thought of that before, oh. but it was kind of like a mid-90s black Cheech and Chong to an extent, you yeah. know, where oh, it's yeah. just it's literally it's these two buddies sitting on their front porch smoking weed all day long and just goofy stuff happens around them all day. Like that's right. all it was that in itself bridges a weird relatability that I think helped it tap into everybody. So yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I went into it thinking to myself, this is not going to hold up. I haven't watched it in years, and I'm not going to find it as funny as I did when I was 13 years old. And right off the bat, some of the mugging and over-the-top lines that Chris Tucker does, mm. I was like, oh, this isn't yeah. as funny as I remember. But <laughs> I'll say, as the movie wore on, I found myself laughing more and more, and by the end of it, I had kind of done a 180 and was like, this almost is as good as I remember it which is weird and we'll get into more more of that later cuz I don't want to be the only one talking here I'm, I'm rambling <laughs> I mean, I'm rambling now but like yeah I have so much to say about this movie so you, you you go ahead and talk about um, that. <laughs> your tick. So
0: here's what I want to say, because I feel like it needs to be said. I was telling my, my friend Lance the other day, we were sitting in the car, somehow Ice Cube came up as a topic of discussion. And I asserted this fan theory that Ice Cube is not actually a bad actor. That's just how ice cube behaves mm-hmm. and that's how he is. It doesn't like register as human to me when he's like <laughs> talking. Cause it's like, he says yeah. stuff and I'm like, nobody talks like that. Ice cube. What the fuck are you saying? I, like, well, I think
1: I, ice cube does. <laughs>
0: like, right. He's, right. he's ice, and it, you it's see he, ice cube. Yeah. He's always him in every, you know, in to an extent he plays ice the,
1: cube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has possibly the most famous scowl in America. Oh, yeah. he is ice cube. Ice right. cube is that scowl, which is extra funny that they, cast him now granted i think he wrote he co-wrote the movie but as the lead in a comedy (laughs) this guy who doesn't (laughs) smile does he even smile in the movie like
0: (laughs) oh he does but he i mean i think with him he's like gotta worry about maintaining that rep like i don't want to look like i'm a a joke to people or something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he can do comedy but not be the punching bag or whatever you know like be like be silly and shit So, I mean, that's at least that's my explanation. I don't know. Right, right. Can you imagine, like, you're in middle school, high school, well, probably high school, and you're with some friends, maybe you don't know them that well, and you're all going to smoke weed together, and they give you fucking angel dust instead of (laughs) weed, and, like, don't tell you that that's going to be happening, like, just to fuck with you?
1: Isn't that a thing that happens, though? Like, I feel like every year you read about somebody who, like, on the news or something, they thought they were smoking weed, but it was actually laced with something and they died or something. Right, you know? right. Like, well, that's what like, I mean. Isn't it's that like, a thing I, that happens? I don't, I don't it's know. It's a
0: thing that happens. I assumed it was more like a malicious thing when I heard about it on <laughs> right. the news where it's like people uh, don't, they're selling it to somebody that they don't know yeah. or, you know, they want, they wish harm so I, on. For,
1: for for me, it always seemed to be the kind of thing where like somebody was partying and they just didn't know. Right. And yeah. the people who gave it to them didn't know they didn't know or something, right. you know, like, that's like true. that's how it always kind of came off to me. But again, it's, having never, I guess, been in a situation like that, I don't know how you could accidentally, uh, you know, you thought you were drinking a beer, but it was actually straight vodka, and you didn't realize until you drank the entire bottle. I don't know. <laughs> Is it like that? I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't know how that works because I've never had it happen. But yeah. Or would uh, it be like, oh, this tastes weird? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So, <laughs> I mean, there are there are a lot of I, I will say like a lot of great bits in this movie, like just funny mm-hmm. sequences where it's it's yeah. like you got the guy. I don't even. Know who it is, like, I can't remember what they say his name is, but like, oh, Isale, I think, is his name. Like, he's the guy that's like, I think, homeless, and like, he goes into the convenience yeah, store yeah. and he pretends to fall. <laughs> On a slippery floor, and like says he wants a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars, and he's like, "But we can yeah. settle it right here for twenty bucks." And it's like, <laughs> right, right. there's the moment where Smokey is he can't get into his house to take a dump, so he goes and takes a dump on the yes. side of his house. like by I the had side of his house. Completely forgotten about oh, that God. bit
1: until they did it, and I remember thinking like, "This seems." completely out of place in this movie and yet as soon as they did it they like I had completely forgotten about it but then I remember it and I was like that was a pretty funny scene
0: <laughs> yeah right you
1: know because it's a poop joke who doesn't like a poop joke the guy, like a, a right,
0: joke? The guy stumbles <laughs> upon him and like outs him as like right, right. what he's doing right. uh, I, I did think of one like 90s like saying that endured mm-hmm. by Felicia is I believe oh. originally from this movie yeah okay and people still say that like people still say by Felicia like peace out I don't want anything to do with you anymore it must
1: have come from this yeah it
0: had to have like it it's the only thing I've ever heard of it the the one
1: that really stuck with me which again I haven't watched this movie in decades which is why it was it was interesting to watch it again so in my head whenever I hear or am in a situation where I would say I don't give a fuck in my head I hear I don't give a fuck like that (laughs) and it completely like I had forgotten that that's where that comes from yeah. is Chris Tucker in that movie and I was like oh my god that's why that's in my that's why that's been in my head for 30 years <laughs>
0: Right, it's, it's Chris Tucker. <laughs> the, the one thing as I was watching this and I've thought this before when I've watched it, but like if I'm ever in a situation where I'm like in a convenience store or whatever, and it's getting robbed and somebody like, yep. holds a gun to my face, I want to say the words, what you going to do with that besides make me mad. And then just <laughs> leave it at that. It's like, I just, oh, I don't man.
1: recommend <laughs> saying that if you ever find yourself in that situation. <laughs>
0: i just um. i think it, it's like the <laughs> right. most insane like badass yep. thing to say to somebody like I it mean, really
1: yeah yeah It only but. only debo could get away with saying something like that or maybe mark michael Clark duncan actually he almost could have played debo <laughs> right. right i was going to say speaking of that when i was watching that little feature at right afterwards cause i actually did order the dvd to watch it <laughs> i okay. ordered it on on uh, amazon i found it for five bucks <laughs> and the they're talking to the director who plays actually the guy in the convenience store who the homeless guy is talking to when he's like, get up, get out of here. That's right, the director. Right. G- what is it? G Gary something.
0: Oh, F- I forget his F-Gary name. Gary Gray. F Gary Gray, Gray. Yeah. Gray.
1: Or when they were filming it, Michael Clark Duncan wanted a line in that, and he kept trying to get him to mm-hmm. give him a line, but their budget was so small. He was like, I can't afford it. Like I, we're, we're at the max. I have to right. pay Like right now you're an extra. I have to pay you like as a screen actors guild, whatever actor, I don't know. I assume like his pay would have gone up. He was like, "We, we can't afford right. it," you know, whatever. And apparently, once he went on to become like an Oscar winner and this super famous actor, they were still friends. And he mm. would give him shit about that all the time. Be like, "Remember that oh, time you God. wouldn't even let me have a line in your movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know?" And now I'm like, you know, the most successful actor that came out of that entire thing,
0: <laughs> right? So I-, so I
1: never knew he was in it until this. <laughs>
0: No, I had no <laughs> idea you I, until you said that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I don't have a ton else to say other than the fact that there is a trope in mm-hmm. a lot of movies and TV shows where you see Hispanic people in a certain kind of car and mm-hmm. they play the song Lowrider by war and I think fucking hate it like I, I cannot you hate stand... you
1: hate the depiction or you hate the song
0: I hate the depiction and subsequently I have begun to hate <laughs> the song that okay. is where I'm at with it like I okay. fucking hate it like I mean I just like it's like the the Latino guys like that, that yeah swing by in the lowrider it's like it's got to be playing like it's just like every movie is like oh no no I don't care what what the budget is we're getting low rider for this movie we're gonna pay for the rights to it and we're gonna play it during the season because it's too perfect and it's mm-hmm. like, I fucking hate it. But that's, I, that's, I had to get that off my chest. I just, I wanted to share that. So I, I don't know what I thought of South Central Los Angeles before Mm-hmm. this movie but like i don't i don't know if i'd make it there i don't think i'd i don't think i could do it no
1: no i don't think i could do it nope i'm way too soft i am 10 yeah. i am 10 as they say on uh letter kenny right.
0: <laughs> yes give your balls a tug um so oh and and there's also a reference to clappers like at the end of this movie he claps and turns off his lights oh
1: he does doesn't he yeah
0: like the movies we've done there have been so many like channel surfing sequences and stuff Mm. where it's like you see all these commercials remember when channel surfing was a thing (laughs) right right
1: now it's streaming scrolling
0: (laughs) Right, right. Has replaced Channel Surfing. (laughs) It's it's so much better now. Uh, I fucking hated it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was going to go into my final uh,
0: recap. Okay. One last little bit, and it'll probably segue nicely into your recap. Just a trivia. Ice Cube and F. Gary Gray, the director, reportedly said that they modeled the style of this film after the 1994 film Clerks. And if you look at it through that lens, I read that before I watched it this time. Stylistically, like, you know what I mean? I could see that. And there's there's like a black, like there's the black and white sequences where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, flashbacks flashbacks and stuff. But I I found it like when I I read that, I was like, no shit, like that's actually like fucking spot on. Like I, I see it, you know, but yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. That was not something I, I knew, but it makes sense yeah. now that you say it. Even ex- much like Clerks now they mentioned that, one of the things they did say was that they actually shot that in F. Gary Gray's neighborhood, like where he grew up as oh, a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think where the, Debo's house where they're shooting craps or whatever in, in the driveway, that was his actual childhood home, I think, right there. So like, yeah, they, were, they actually like took over a neighborhood for a week or whatever to shoot the movie right there because they wanted it to look as authentic as possible. And probably much like Kevin Smith did with clerks, like oh, they had yeah. access to it. You know, it was like, hey, these, these people know me here. You know, like I've got an in here. We can just do it here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and it's but. like you frequently hear about in movies where it's like there are people mm-hmm. in the background that were not supposed to be in the shot but they were yeah. just like there and they wanted yep. to be in the movie so well like so was... the,
1: in that feature actually they specifically when they were talking about it being his neighborhood and just like a neighborhood where people lived they're not on mm. a studio lot or anything there was one scene in fact it's in the black and white scene where they where uh, Smokey's smoking the angel dust mm-hmm. if you look really closely there's a guy sitting in a chair or something in his front yard, way in the background. It's really blurry. You can barely Mm. see him back there. But apparently that guy was drunk and he came out of his house that day and he was like, I don't care shoot around me, shoot whatever you got to shoot, but this is my house, my yard. I'm not moving. I'm sitting right here and I'm going to drink this beer and sit in this chair. They couldn't get him to move, so they just had to shoot anyway. And if you look real close, you can see this guy way in the background <laughs> sitting in a chair in his front yard <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> doing exactly that. So only other thing I'll mention character-wise is Bernie Mac shows up playing a classic Bernie Mac role. This, I this Bernie is, Mac. This is I Bernie Mac. For me yes. like this is yes. the one that
0: introduced me to him and all that stuff. I so.
1: adore Bernie Mac. Every time yeah. I see him in anything, I think he's hilarious and mm-hmm. he's perfect in this little small role here being the preacher. He's <laughs> trying to buy weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, final thoughts on it. Uh, Like I said, I, at first it seemed silly and it was heavy on all the mugging and I, and I, I didn't think it was going to speak to me like it did when I was a teenager, you know, a young teenager, but as it wore on, I liked it better and better. The over the top characters aren't really specifically things I can relate to, but like in retrospect, the two slackers just hanging out all day with nothing to do is certainly something everybody can relate to much like clerks or, you know, any other movie in that ilk at the end, the twist at the end, when they suddenly get kind of serious with that Final brawl and everything, Mm. and and his dad catches him in his room with his gun and like gets all serious, and and John Witherspoon goes from total goofball dad to like serious and like trying Mm. to teach him how to fight and whatever. Looking back, especially given it was you know written by Ice Cube, there was like kind of a subtle or a not so subtle repudiation of like black urban violence at the very end, like put the Mm. gun down and fight like a man, right? Yeah, and he even says like and you might get your ass kicked, but at least you live. And I, th- I thought that was that resonated a little differently at 40 than it did at 13. right? And I think it ultimately like actually elevates the movie to make it something better than it otherwise would have been. So I ended up giving it a B overall. I mean, I, it's not a perfect movie, but like I said, I, I ended up liking it better than I thought I was going to. In retrospect, surprisingly, uh, if you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 76% critic score, which is way higher than a movie like yeah. this. I would expect. It has a 91% audience score and a 7.2 IMDb rating which are all higher and it makes me think that I'm not the only one who kind of felt that way when all is said and done about like that really wasn't that bad of a movie. So anyway with all that said I'm curious to know how you felt
0: about it overall. Like I said I was probably watching it earlier than I should have been to understand a lot of what was going on. I didn't know what a lot of things Mm -hmm. were that were being talked about. I mean the, the comedy holds up like it's still a very funny movie to me it's got a lot of memorable sequences and and, you know just like ridiculous off the wall things happening right and it's just to me it'll always have like this special place for me of like like I can go back to it for sure like this I would not have a problem rewatching this movie down the road right so I mean I gave it a B as well I I like the movie very much I mean my only point of contention is I I don't fully agree with your stance on the 90s ness of this movie compared to other 90s movies but I agree it is good and it was culturally relevant in the 90s mm-hmm. I just don't think that this was what the word I'm looking it, it wasn't like well, a quintessential 90s it, everything you know and I, mean, I,
1: I think I think though again that goes that goes kind of back to our personal experiences of the 90s because it sounds like I don't think this necessarily re- resonated with your experience but like my experience as a 13 year old in 1995 this was it. <laughs> like right. this, this was my middle school experience was idolizing and like wanting to Im- emulate this movie, but without the weed, because we were a bunch of goody two shoes. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, so, I, mean, yeah. I, I get that. I, it makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for Friday from 1995. Tune in for the conclusion for the 90s definitive comedies next time. Have a good rest of your day. Bye now. Brandon at Random Reviews artwork, theme music, and podcast are written, performed, recorded, engineered, directed, and produced by Brandon Griffiths in association with Brandon at Random Reviews Entertainment.